Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth, where we're exploring all sorts of business topics. Experts from around the world join me, your host, Diane Helbig, for a conversation where they share their expertise with all of you. Take what you need, when you need it. Featured on Inc.com, Forbes, and MSNBC's Your Business, this podcast is recognized as one of the best podcasts for small business, sales, leadership, social media, and more. When it comes to business, Accelerate Your Business Growth has got it covered. And now on with the show. My guest today is Andrea Libros. Andrea is an author, certified business and life coach, and host of the Time to Level Up podcast. She's known for helping high-achieving women entrepreneurs make the shift from overwhelm to freedom so they stop thinking small and start thinking big. Boy, I was just having this conversation last night. Through her work, she guides bold, ambitious women to create their own secret sauce for success by combining two ingredients, the right mindset and solid systems. I, I got so two of my favorite things. So <laughs> thank you so much for being Good. here today, Andrea. <laughs> I am happy to be here. Happy I could make your day. <laughs> uh, you 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 have in so many ways, and we haven't even started talking about this stuff. All yet. right, great, great. Yes, it, it it is wonderful. So, talk to me about um, like what the numbers say about businesses that have those consistent planning strategies. Yeah. So you know what? Numbers tell a story, right? Numbers are very important. I think a lot of business owners don't even look at their numbers. We could have a whole podcast on that, or look at their numbers in a in an effective or efficient or productive way. But the research out there by the gurus say it, it shows that businesses that have kind of consistent planning strategies, and, and there's a strategy behind it, there's, there, it's refined, it's repeatable, they grow 30% faster than those who don't have refined, consistent planning strategies. So you could say, well, 30%, but that's a lot, my friends. Yeah, that's that's a lot <laughs> when you're talking about generating revenue and profit or the number of clients you're serving. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. 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 That's a significant number. It is. Yeah, it is. So I think it's worth paying attention to, yeah. which then kind of leads to the discussion. Okay. Like what it's a refined, consistent planning yes. strategy. <laughs> Why am I doing it? Why am I not doing it? What does it look like? all the things. Yeah, right. And and you know, so so it actually leads me to um a, a tangential question which is do you think that this overwhelm that so many business owners feel is it from not having those strategies? I think that um What's interesting, okay, there's kind of an interesting dynamic. You know, I'm sure you, you know, think about yourself, if you're human, you sometimes say, I don't have time to do that, right? Or is it going to be worth the time? Or shouldn't I be out there just making, making the money as opposed to having a planning strategy, right? So our brain can quickly go to this isn't necessary. 
And they, they feel like if they actually sat down to, to do it, two things would happen. One, it would steal time and kind of take away some of their other possibilities of what they could be doing with that. But then they also feel like, oh, well, what and then I'm going to have to stick with it. And if I don't <laughs> come up with the plan, you know, then I don't have to stick with anything. I'm kind of more footloose and fancy free. And, you know, being spontaneous just in life always sounds way more exciting to most people than being planned and, you know, following the rules. So, but what I find, here's what I find with my clients. So um, when I start working with someone, I kind of insist that we create some sort of business plan, depending on what their business is. There's different versions and different kinds, but it's going to have a combination of what's your vision and what are the actions we're taking. and. I always say this is a living document. Okay, we're going to write it down and mm-hmm. it's a living document. It's not going to get shoved in the drawer. It's something, it's kind of like it's like in a Google Cloud and you can go change it at any moment. It's meant to be changed. And those businesses that do that and that create habits around reviewing it um, consistently, they actually have a lot more freedom. And a lot more of um, opportunity to honestly be spontaneous because they have the security in knowing that they're on the right path because they've determined the path. So it's kind of ironic that actually having the plan is what's creating more freedom and less overwhelm. That's fascinating. It is. It's it's kind of so that's why like I'm a really big proponent of this mindset and systems, right? So yeah. you could say that having the plan is creating somewhat of a system. Um, but you need the mindset that this plan is is serving me, is useful right. because it's allowing me or giving me the opportunity or space to think about so many other things. And I think we miss that. Like it's it's we miss that as an opportunity unless we kind of pause and assess what it could do for you. Right. Right. Because we always go to the the negative side of doing 100%. You know, yeah. yeah. Who, like, I don't have a day every quarter to devote to this. What are you yeah. kidding? <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yep. So, so let's talk about these plans because I think some people hear this and they think, oh, okay. So it, it, it's a cookie cutter. You know, I just have to subscribe to, you know, some guru's yep. plan and stick to it, even if it doesn't feel right. But that's really not the case, right? No, no, it's not the case. And I think it's kind of another ironic piece is if someone would only just tell me what to do. Okay. So <laughs> part of your brain just wants someone to tell you what to do to give you the plan. Yeah. But then the other side of you is like, no, I don't want to follow someone's plan. I want to do what I want to do. So I, when I, when I do planning with someone, I go to, I start from a place of thinking big. So this, this book that I'm in the process of publishing is actually called, she thinks big, what you do when your problem is you. Okay. So what you do when your problem is you, the first step is to start to think bigger. And I like to say, let's pretend that we have a magic wand or we've got some magic fairy dust and we could sprinkle it over us and and we'll go 10 years out. What do you want, not just your business, but what do you want you and your life and your business to look like 10 years out? What's your kind of castle on the hill? Okay. 
And it doesn't have to be super well-defined. It can be a very fuzzy picture, like the the castles hidden in the clouds, all right? But we need somewhere, we need, we need to know what direction we're moving in. So we go from that 10-year vision down to a three-year plan of, okay, what are we going to do in these next three years that's going to feed in to the 10-year vision? The three-year plan gets a little more detailed. and People actually probably start to panic over a three-year plan. Yeah. I don't know if I can actually do this in three years. Yeah. So then I kind of flip the script and say, all right, let's talk about the real actions. What are we going to do? What are our one-year goals? Okay. Now, even my goals freaks people out. I'm sure you've seen that, right? Like they don't like to <laughs> set goals because what if I don't hit the goals? So sometimes yeah. I say, what if we just say it's my one-year focus? Like, where are my focus areas for this year? If you don't like goals, we have that as an option, right? Because the goals can really set off like hitting the panic button. Yeah. Okay. And and goals don't always seem um, exciting, but I think goals need to be. If it's going to be a good goal, it's going to be it has to be exciting. It also has to be a little ski, right? It's, yeah. it's going to have you got to have some skin in the game. Realistic is not really a great goal because realistic means you're going to do it anyway. <laughs> so it can be relevant. Like it, it aligns with where the direction you're moving in. Um, it can be measurable, but it also has to be exciting and risky. Your one-year goals are really where the action comes into play. So you've got your 10-year vision, you got your three-year plan. Now we're talking about when your goals are areas of focus. And then I actually like take it a step further because again, like, oh my gosh, in a year, where do I start? So I take it, I say, what are we going to do in the next 90 days? What are we doing in the next 90 days? This is really reframing goal setting mm-hmm. and it's putting it into a whole different category. What are we doing in the next 90 days? Because these are even more specific action steps that usually you can assign responsibility to. So if you're the only person in your business, great. But if you've got employees or contractors or whatever you've got, you can actually share some of the responsibility for those 90 day, um, what you're ha- what's happening in the next 90 days. And regardless of the stage your business is in, so I like to say you're either in a state of chaos created by confusion, which is usually in the beginning, like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> this is all happening so fast. Or chaos created by success. Like, oh my God, this actually worked. I'm, I've got it making six or seven figures. What's happening, right? No matter, regardless of the stage you're in, you, everybody loves clarity. Everybody yeah. loves clarity. And even the most well-oiled machines, they like to go back to clarity. And that 90-day aspect gives them that. So doing this by yourself, I will add, um, while possible, is very difficult. Yes. Okay. Because there's so, again, there's so many other things that you could be doing, including going out to make more money. So I always say you've got to set aside um, a CEO day, ideally every quarter, but at least once a year and have sitting alongside you, a mentor or a coach or another business owner, someone that's going to give you the support you need and, and I think ideally also someone that's going to look beyond your business and look at who you are as a person in those coming three months or years too. Like, do you have a lot of vacations planned? Is some big event happening? Because that all comes into play too. Right, right. And doing it by yourself. I mean, I was listening to this and I was thinking, 
you know, people who do it by themselves don't necessarily add the risk, right? Mm-mm. The risky part of it, because it, it it's, you know, you need someone else to set that out there and have that conversation so you can get to the other side of it. Totally true. Like think about um, if anyone's ever had a, a coach for a sport or like a piano instructor, not a business coach, just think about a sport. So I personally am trying to improve my golf game. Okay. So I have um, someone I'm taking lessons from a golf coach. And what's super interesting about this, what I've noticed is that he sees things in my swing that of course I don't see. Yeah. Right. And even if he tells me, Hey, Andrea, you need to move your arm this way. I go back very quickly to my comfort zone or my safe way of doing it that feels good to me because that's the way I've been doing it forever. And it's not until that he asks me questions, repeats the instructions, prompts me that I'm going to change. And it's just like that in business. Like you kind of stay in your same patterns, even if you're growing, you're still in your same patterns, unless someone says to you, Hey, you sure you want to do it that way? Yeah. Right. Like, is that, is that going to get you the result you're looking for? What if you thought about it like this? So it's the same as having like a coach on a, in a sport is, or a coach making your business plan. Someone's got to be there asking questions. Absolutely. I completely yep. agree with that. Yep. Yep. This is great. All right. So let's talk about cash flow. Um, mm. And <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm curious about cash flow really as a tool to make decisions ahead of time. How mm-hmm. does that work? Well, I'll tell you that um, a lot, you know, we come, we, you might say, all right, I've really got to get my act together. I've got to generate more revenue. I've got to hire more people. And unless you have a good assessment of cash flow, you do not have all the tools to make the decisions. And you know, when you kind of go like, look, um, you, you look in the refrigerator and you see what's in there and you say, oh, I don't have anything for dinner. There's nothing in there to make for dinner. I'm not going to be able to do this. Okay. So you say, all right, the next step is I'm going to go to the grocery store and get more groceries. and, And I will be able then to make something from that. So your brain doesn't like give up on the dinner making possibility, right? It knows that we can look at things in a different way. We can add things in. We can make different decisions to come up with a fabulous dinner. What business owners do is they look inside their bank account and they say, oh, there isn't enough. Okay. And they kind of give up. Like Mm -hmm. I can't hire someone or I can't invest in this. And they forget that they've got options. They can go to the grocery store and acquire new revenue, for example, or new groceries, if we're using that example. They can add, they can Google a new recipe. They can figure out how to do something different, but they don't do that. Business owners are really only looking oftentimes at what is present right now. Like they, they all say, oh, I have QuickBooks. I mean, I've heard this so many times sometimes. I have QuickBooks. I keep up with QuickBooks. QuickBooks is after the fact, my friends. That is mm-hmm. after you've paid an invoice or after someone has paid you. It is not projecting what's possible. QuickBooks does not do a great job of projecting. So you've got to figure out 
another tool to use to help you forecast, create predictions, understand what it would be like if you created what I call like a reserve fund in your business. It's kind of like the rainy day fund. Or what would it look like if you hired someone? So there's tons of tools out there to to do this. Um, I love using a tool called You Need a Budget. It's a pretty simple tool that can be used for businesses. And I think it does things really clearly. There's also, um, there is a friend of QuickBooks that does this um, live plan. I mean, there's there's tools out there. But bottom line is you've got to understand the cash flow and use it as a tool to make decisions ahead of time versus using the number in the bank account or what QuickBooks is telling you, which is only like telling you about the past. The past can be a teacher, but it Mm. is not a fortune teller. (laughs) It's not a fortune teller. So you need something to help you kind of create your own future. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We out. I got to tell you, I think that is so incredibly important. I, I hear so many small business owners say, either what they do is they say, well, I really need more people, but I don't think I can afford them. Or they say, I need to hire. And they just hire without having any idea of whether they're going to be able to pay those people. Right. They have no plan, no strategy, right? It's just- They're going to figure it out. Solve everything. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And and then that creates fear and overwhelm eventually. Yes. Right? Like it's coming. It's coming. Like you can almost predict it. It's going to come. And- that goes back to managing your mindset. However, there is a system that you can employ ahead (laughs) of time to help you manage your mindset. Like here comes systems and, uh, and mindset again together. Yeah. Well, and I used to like, when I started, um, coaching, I, I didn't have the knowledge or even the mindset around this cash flow myself. And I, it was kind of through my own trial and error that I, that I realized what an important part of, of business growth it is. And so now when I work with someone, it's a non-negotiable, like it is part of our coaching. If they don't have something already in place, it became that much that important because everybody will talk about, they don't have enough money, but what are they doing about it? What are they doing about it? Yeah. Right. Yep. Well, nothing, right? Cause Mm -mm -hmm. (laughs) nothing or they're, like I call it the wishing wanting. I'm wishing. 
I'm wanting. Uh-huh. Like stop wishing and wanting and do and let's make let's change something up. Let's let's how can how can you help you? So it's actually pretty simple if you make that decision that you are yes. ready to help yourself. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Yep. And the overwhelm, I I always feel the overwhelm goes away when you're making decisions and you're doing things because now you're back in control. Yes, a hundred percent. Right. Yeah. So, okay, that's a little ironic because right before I got on this with you, I was coaching someone about be having business debt, and she has got some business debt, and she is distraught over it, like sick to her stomach. It's really not that much debt, but it doesn't matter what the amount is. And I said, "What are you making debt mean?" And she's like, "Well, it means that I owe thing. I owe someone, or I owe a company. I owe someone." Okay, what are you making owing someone mean? She's like, well, they have control over me. I said, what do you, when so, is that true? Do they have control over you? Can anyone have control over you? So we went into this kind of discussion about, about that. And no, no one can have control over you. Only you have control over you. So I said, what if you flip this around and, we're, and said, I love debt. I love debt because it's allowing me to grow this business and it's giving me opportunities that I wouldn't have. Just like you have a car payment or a mortgage and you're not super upset about those because they're giving you a roof over your head and a vehicle, right? Same thing. But she's, she doesn't, she's really trying to get a better grip on cash flow, and she's, it's just like a painful process, but we're working through it. Wow. See? See, yep. Uh, this, yep. this whole control thing is, yeah. Well, it's part mm-hmm. of the reason we go into business for ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so you've got to think. That's a great example, though. Of you've got to think bigger. You've got to think beyond today um, as to what like business get could do for you. Like maybe it's a great thing. Think yeah, bigger right. about it, right? right? So when you stay small and you stay in the here and now and kind of in your own little box, it doesn't feel so great, right? Isn't that what's, I mean, yeah. that that's ironic too. This doesn't feel good, but yeah. I, I don't think I want to do those things so that I can feel good. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I, let, so let's true. go back to these goals and okay. daily activities. Cause you had mentioned, um, you know, sort of working backward and bringing it down to, okay, let's just talk about 90 days, which I, yes. I think is fabulous. And at the same time, then, then there's people who say, okay, but I don't even know what the next thing is that I should be doing, like right now mm-hmm. in real time. So mm-hmm. um, talk to us about the daily big three. Okay. So it's so true. Like, what should I just tell me what to do right now? What do I, there's yeah. so many things on my to-do list. Okay. Yeah. Right. We all have this to do. So I want, I, I'll just go here first. What if you threw away your to-do list? What if you never had a to-do list anymore? And instead, all those sort of to-dos found a place in your calendar, right? They found a place. They didn't go on a list. They went instead into your calendar when you were going to tackle them. So I'm just going to throw that out there that that is an option. <laughs> so you don't have to have a to-do list. You could have that as that could be an option. Same train of thought. Okay. When you're planning, when you're looking at your week, um, a lot of my clients find that Sunday nights, they're looking at their week or they, or they do it 
Friday afternoon or Monday morning, although Monday mornings, they tend to kind of jump right in. So Sunday seems to be a great time. You're looking at your week. I want you to kind of assess what are the three most important things that have to happen this week. But when you're doing that, you got to have some guidelines to it. Okay. Number one, the three most important things should probably be, I call them your weekly big three, should probably be things that you have some resistance to. Okay. So it is not brush my teeth every day, hopefully. Okay. (laughs) If, If you're in the habit too of like going for a run every morning, that's not going to be it either. If you always have, um, you meet with your team Tuesdays at 10, that's not a weekly big three. It's going to be things that you have resistance to. And I think it's fair game to make them both business and personal. So it might be, um, it might be like record three podcasts. (laughs) If, If I don't know about you. I love, I have a podcast, it's called Time to Level Up, but sometimes, you know, recording these episodes, it's work, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it might, it might be that. It could be um, completely pack and zip my suitcase for vacation next week by Thursday night, okay? It could, it, it's something that's going to create, require some effort that you're going to have resistance towards it. The other requirement though, is that it has to be, something that actually is doable. So go back to when I was saying creating like yearly goals or a yearly mm-hmm. areas of focus, they need to be exciting and risky. These weekly big three, they need to be realistic. This is where the realistic uh-huh. comes to play. Okay. Is this, this is where you can use your realistic if you're all into realistic. Is this a week where I am going to be able, do I have the time or bandwidth to record the three episodes? Am I really going to be able to zip my suitcase before Thursday night or every night this week, do I have some obligation and I'm probably not going to do it till Saturday morning. Like you've got to get realistic with it. So they they have to, you've got to have some resistance (laughs) to the weekly big three. They have to be things that have resistance. They also have to be realistic. And then the last piece is they should start with a verb. Like you should be able to tell your brain what you need it to do. Like there should be no looking at a list and being, it it says podcast. No, it should say record with the best verb, three episodes. Because podcast brings all these thoughts to your brain that aren't very helpful. (sighs) Right? So these same three principles for your weekly big three also apply to your daily big three. And I usually decide what those are going to be the night before. And depending on what kind of hard appointments I call them out of my calendar, again, I've got to be realistic with the amount of time that I have to work on other things during that day. So this kind of thinking is all part of, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Michael Hyatt at all, but he has this full focus system. And this is the kind of thinking that is embedded into something called the full focus planner. And um, I became, because I wanted to kind of geek out on it, I became a full focus planner certified pro. And I've found that like using that kind of, that kind of thinking in combination with using a digital calendar, uh, kind of like a hybrid method, the, the, the physical planner allows me to pause and gives me the space to think it makes me think 
but having the digital, you know, creates more of a system. So together mindset and systems, it's a perfect combo for a weekly and daily big three. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I, and I, and I am such a huge proponent of, you know, putting these things on the calendar, making them actionable things. When you were talking about that, I was remembering that um, years ago, I would, would, you know, block out on my calendar and I I would put social media and then that day would yeah. come around that time. And I'd look at it and I'd spend the entire time going, what does that mean? Like, you know, what do I really want to do with social right. media? Right. Like, right. Yeah. So, so you've got to take a minute and kind of, this comes back to the consistency too. We were talking about at the very beginning. You've got to consistently think ahead as to breaking projects down into smaller tasks as well. And this sounds all so easy. Like this is not rocket science, but again, it's like if you're stuck in your own peanut butter jar, if you're in there and it's really sticky, you don't really see what's going on. You can't read the label of the jar. Like you can't get out of the jar. So this is where it's really helpful to take that strategic pause and what's going on? Why aren't I getting things done? And maybe it takes questions from an outside party to, to ask that. But yeah. um, it's worth it because that's where you can then start to really stack, see, see, see where you're winning. Okay. So I call it like stacking daily wins okay. to achieve big goals. So you've uh, got to figure out how can I get some more daily wins in here to create, to, to get to those goals. Right. Right. Yeah. And then, and then from there, talk about the value and and what actually happens when you are, you said earlier that the plan that you come up with is a living, breathing thing. So talk about revisiting it, reflecting on it, revising it and how that, you know, creates high value cycles of growth. Yep. And then working, you know, and working those touch points into the plan. So you're sure you're doing it. Okay. So I want you all to listeners out there, picture a clock, like an old fashioned clock, not talking digital, not the, not your phone, hands. the clock with hands. <laughs> yes. Like old school hands. Okay. So if we start out at 12 o'clock and we've got our plan, we actually sat down and spent a day and we created our plan. And you go out there into the world and you start to put things into action. At at three o'clock, I want you to kind of evaluate what's working, what's not working. What do I want to do differently next time? Then you're going to go out into the world again with a slightly revised plan. Okay. You've honed the plan. I call it hone the plan. You go out into the world and you put things into action. And then at six o'clock, you pause, you evaluate, you assess, and you hone the plan, and you keep going. What happens too often is that we get to three o'clock, and we just say, this isn't working. And we kind of throw it out the window, I call it. Okay. And you we go all the way back to 12. And we start again. If you have a high value cycle, okay, if you're in a habit of reviewing this consistently, and honing it and tweaking it and evaluating what's working, what's not working, and what do I want to do differently, at least on a quarterly basis, 
then you are creating a high value cycle where you, you're giving yourself room to adjust. And I think sometimes what happens when we get to three o'clock and we're not so happy with what's going on, I think two things can happen. One, you can say, I'm not being productive enough. This is just, this, what's my problem? Why can't I get my act together? There's, I had five things I wanted to do this quarter and I only did one. So maybe there's a little bit of a productivity problem there. Like maybe you need to revamp your, your systems like with that weekly or daily big three. I actually created a quiz um, called What's Your Productivity Archetype? Because so many people struggle with this. And yeah. um, you can go, I would say, go take the quiz. It's at Andrea's with an S, links with an S.com. You can access that quiz there and it might really help if that's you. Also at three o'clock though, another type of person says, oh my gosh, this really isn't going well. I don't know really what's wrong with my business, but something's not working. So at that point, you've got to kind of do like a business checkup, okay? You've got to really assess all the areas of your business and figure out what needs to change so that you can have more time, money, brain power to do all the things you wanted to do when you started out with this business, when you thought it was going to give you time, money, and, and, and energy. So I create another quiz for that, which is called um, Business Freedom Finder Quiz. And again, you can find it at Andrea's with an S, links with an S.com. But those are ways to assess what's happening versus throwing in the towel. And I'm all, I'm all for creating a high value cycle versus like a low value cycle or starting all over again, because that's never great. Never great. Yeah, I, I so love that. And it, it reminds me, um, one of the things that I find people do is they set a goal, they do not put an action plan behind it. And then they get to say, let's say they do it in early January or, or you know, late December, they get to say, October, and their CPA calls them and says, Okay, let's, let's talk about how the year's been. And they look back and they, A, are so surprised that they are nowhere near that goal. And B, they don't know why. Because uh-huh. they weren't doing this sort of real-time check-in to see what's working, isn't working, to make those adjustments, you, you know, so that yeah. they they are... because. In real time, we're going to know what's working, what isn't. That's what I'm hearing from you as well, that that it's still uh, available to me to be able to see what I like, what I don't like. And I can make those changes and keep monitoring it as I'm going so I don't get through the year and it's been almost a waste. A hundred percent. Like I like your phrase in real time, right? Because you're still in real time. The clock's still ticking. Yeah, <laughs> no, but it, the clock's still ticking, right? It's in real time. Um, and, uh, you know, some of my clients, like we just plan what I call like a strategy and planning VIP day every quarter. And that's all they need. They just need right. that, that like um, reboot um, or, or assessment. First, they need to assess and reboot yeah. each quarter. That's all they need. Some, you know, some people need more handholding or want that more of an accountability piece to it. Of course, sure. you can only hold yourself accountable. No one else can do that for you, but we could have a whole podcast on that. <laughs> um, you know, so it, it's like you really have to kind of figure out what is going to make you 
create, stay in this high value cycle? Is it a quarterly thing? Is it a weekly, monthly, weekly, daily? You know, how, how often do you have to reassess, but you're giving yourself the opportunity to figure out if there's a problem, right? Or is it a problem? Is it just the way I'm thinking about it? A lot of times, you know what, Diane, there's no problem. It's just the way you're thinking about it. Yeah. There's no problem. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, so, and a great example of that is, is the whole debt conversation that you are having with your clients. Right. You know, it, there's right. really not a problem there. 100%. 100%. Yeah. There's no problem there. I had another conversation, um, <laughs> which I'm sure you can relate to. So, you know, when you say to yourself, if only someone would just support me, and if only I had more support, I wish someone would support me, whatever that looks like. Yeah. And so I had another conversation where uh, the client says, I have all this, like, I'm so grateful. I have all of this support, but they're not doing it the right way. They're not doing it the right way. The support people, they're just not doing it the right way. (laughs) And I wish they were doing it a different way. So it's, it's kind of ironic, like you want all the support and then you get all the support, but now they're not doing it the right way. So whether you, it's, that is a reframe that has to be reframed. You have full control over that. You can say, Hey, I don't care what way you're doing it. At least you're doing it. You can say, is there a right way? So these are all opportunities to, to, reassess. There's some people that wish they had more support, right? You get that. Right. I wish I had more support. Now you get the support and it's not doing it the right way. So you've got to reframe <laughs> things in order to continue to go. Yes. And that requires you thinking bigger. That requires yes. you expanding. And again, hard to do if no one's asking you some questions. Yeah. Right. Right. And you know, of course yep. this, this is where the whole mindset thing comes in. So a hundred percent, hundred percent. It's hard to make decisions. It's hard to make decisions. It and, and it is. It is. So I love to say, like, one of the things that I love, I do, wh- one of the one of the services that I provide is to help you make decisions. Yes. I'm here to help you do. Exactly. So, there is no sitting yeah. on the fence, right? No, no. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Andrea, thank you so much for this conversation. I, I have thoroughly enjoyed it. I am so behind everything you are talking about. Thank you. You are so welcome. It's been really fun. I love talking about this stuff. Um, I know. I can, I can tell that you do. It's so great. And so will you, so I have the, the you know, andreaslinks.com, but will you also let the listeners know, you know, how they can find you when your book's coming sure. out, all that stuff? Yeah. So the book is going to come out in, in the fall sometime. So okay. um, you can head over to the Andrea's links or andrealibros.com and you can kind of get on the wait list for that. I am um I am on social media. I am on um Instagram probably the most, LinkedIn as well, but I think a great way to get a more like more of this is to um you're already listening to a podcast, so go listen to another one. Go check out the Time to Level Up podcast, Time to Level Up podcast and um you can get a weekly dose of Andrea if you want or not. So, oh, Time to Level Up. Yep. Excellent. I will make sure that's in the show notes as well. All of it. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. This has really been great. And listeners, thank you. This is one of those episodes, you know, you're going to listen to this one a couple of times. So just get ready for that. But, But thank you for tuning in. You are who we're doing this for. 
Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Discover more episodes of this podcast and explore others at evergreenpodcast.com. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And if you're looking to get your sales strategy headed in the right direction, pick up a copy of Succeed Without Selling on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Imagine how fast we could solve the world's biggest problems if more SaaS startups would gain traction sooner. Welcome to the Tech Entrepreneur on a Mission podcast. This podcast is dedicated to sharing experiences from B2B SaaS CEOs who are going above and beyond to deliver change that is noticed. You will hear their secrets and learn what is required to build a SaaS business that the world starts talking about and keeps talking about, and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so.